Welcome back to the Boys Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh Schaefer. My other co-host isn't here right now, but we have someone debatedly even better than my other co-host. Someone who has avoided this podcast for over 30 episodes, making his debut. Say hello. Uh, hello, I guess. Good to have you, Austin. What an entry. Oh, it's good to be here. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, it is good to be here. I've put it off long enough. I feel like I, I got to show my face at some point or show why, my voice, I guess. Yeah. So. Why have you been avoiding the podcast for so long? I think is a question everyone wants to know the answer to. I think last season when I was in the playoffs, um, I decided if I didn't win, I was just going to wait until I was either first or last in this league to come on or just in the, in the off season, last off season, I didn't feel like I had much to contribute to the pod. Um, didn't really keep up with rookies and, but I did watch a lot of college football. So I knew some prospects. I really just watch a lot of big 10 though. So not a whole lot of knowledge when it comes to, you know, first and second round drafting and everything like that. But now that I'm here, I'm a, Okay, nice. My waiver went through. Cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I yeah, you've had some I, scary I, waivers. I'm last place. So now, yeah. yeah, the waivers have been really bad this year. And so, um, yeah, now that I'm almost last place, I feel like it's uh, time to come on and talk about how shit my team is and, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, it's time. It's good to have you on. Do you feel like, you know, do you feel like you have any – regrets about waiting this long to do it or do you think this is the perfect time for you to be in here also seeing that sloan is joining us right now making a guest appearance for a little bit but do you have any regrets about joining at this point in time no no regrets this is probably not the the pet the perfect time to start joining the pod but it's probably not the worst time either i just uh i didn't i just wanted to win last season and i didn't want to come in like some third or fourth place loser and talk about how my team's okay and just looking towards the future. I just think that's boring to do sometimes. So. Yeah, I think you're cursed, man. Not coming on <laughs> the podcast. That's the problem. That's why yeah, the fantasy gods are looking down on you. Yeah. I mean, calling it non good, we're in the playoffs last season and now they're back in the dump with me. So it's not like they've not been cursed either. They've gone on the pod multiple times, I'm sure. So, yeah. It's just about being a bad manager, really, that gets you out of the playoffs. So, <laughs> Sloan, awesome. do you have any? Oh, go ahead. Sloan. Well, I, I wanted to say, I know you have the other league with your Cambridge City boys. I feel yeah. like that's a pretty committed league. So I'm a little surprised that you're kind of coming up short in terms of being a, I don't know, not a good manager, because I don't want to say you're a bad manager, but a successful manager. How's that league been going? Um, I mean, I was in the championship last year in that league and I'm now, I just finished first in the regular season of it this year. So I'm doing fine. I just haven't won it yet. So I just want to win that league once. And then, you know, I won't be as worried about it as much, but I, I really am. I, I would say the dynasty league comes before that, that other hometown friends league, just because I think dynasty league. dynasty, it's a redraft league with two keepers. So, hmm. um, it's it's like a hybrid, but really it's more redraft than than dynasty. So yeah, and di- yeah. playing in a dynasty league just makes you a more committed. Like you just have to pay attention, or else you'll get 
absolutely smoked. So I think you've been doing a really good job at that. You've been a pretty active manager when you need to be, which is, you know, I think it's been interesting to see overall. I think everybody has really leaned into the whole dynasty thing more so than I thought they were going to, which has been kind of nice to see. Dylan and Tommy really have been leaning into it, you think? You know, more so than I thought they would. I thought there was a decent chance they would quit, I think, after a couple of years. So the fact that I still feel pretty good about both of them sticking it out is a win in my book. We're still in our second year, so your prediction might not be wrong. Tommy's not going to quit after this year. There's no way. His team he, no. he can't make the playoffs, and, and Dylan the same way, too. Dylan's team is too good, so it's probably for the best. But speaking of teams... We had another huge week last week, uh, week 13, um, you know, huge Waffle House implications and huge playoff implications as well. Austin, your team was flirting with Waffle House and you had a huge week to give yourself some space. How did you feel about last week's results, you know, for yourself, for the broader league? What were your thoughts? Well, my running backs and wide receivers came to play which is always good to see. They were healthy. Um, I'll just flip into the week here. Yeah, I mean, both receivers, both running backs, all scored over 10, which is, I, I guess, is what you want. <laughs> Other than that, my tight end put a, a zero on the board and flex players did whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm starting John Wolford, so I'm really not <laughs> expecting much out of this team. I just need like three or four points each week to avoid Waffle House. So... And you've been I've you've been, been pretty reliably tonight. getting them. Oh, go ahead. You have the starter tonight. Been, yeah, is Wolford start? Wolford Wolford is healthy now. He was questionable, but now he's healthy. But they said if he was hurt, that they would be playing uh, not Stafford, that they'd be playing uh, Baker. So I I think in my mind they're still gonna play Baker, even if that means like part of the game, or if not the whole game, because Wolford is just so bad. It's just hard to even want to put him out there so how worried are you about this week if Wolford doesn't play like do you do you feel pretty good I mean you have a five point clearance but you're behind in points so if he beats you if he gets into the top four you know yeah. he's there how are you feeling about this week I mean right now looking at it I'm just projected as like the last place and on good is projected second to last which makes me feel fine but the the fact that so many of my good players are on by, but his players, I think you guys were, you know, sort of over over exaggerating how how bad his were compared to mine. I, I just think Terry McLaurin, Olave, J Jonathan Taylor, and then I mean the two tight end options that I have, like Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson being out. It's tough. And then Stafford being out for the year is really tough. So <laughs> it's uh, it really fell apart here in the last week, but that's it's really I guess it's kept itself duct taped together until this final regular season week, which is what I needed. Yeah, you have definitely, you know, if you avoid Waffle House, you will have threaded the needle I think this year, and and you know it really shows the luck. I mean, I was just looking at the last three results. You finished uh, third. Uh, I guess third from last, you've gotten three points three weeks in a row. Ongut has gotten one point three weeks in a row. It's honestly yep. exactly what you've needed to avoid Waffle House up to this point. Uh, and I don't think for you the the 
you know, you don't, I think with your pick, you're probably focused on taking like a quarterback because your quarterback situation is an absolute mess. Um, yep. But I think, you know, we'll get to your team, but I think just looking at this last week, I got to feel so bad for Ongood. I mean, three last place results in a row is so unlucky. I can't even believe that he was able to do that. And he was, at one point, the projections were looking pretty good for his team this last week. I was, I, you know, even though I'm on vacation, I'm still following. Like, he was projected middle of the table, and then things just totally fell apart in the later games. And, you know, even 96 points. Finishing in last with 96 is pretty tough. Alvin Kamara putting up four points. Absolutely brutal. You know, he just continues to find bad luck around every corner Insane amount of injuries right now. Joe Mixon missing another week. Two weeks of concussion protocol yeah. is insane. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen that the whole year. Um, but, yeah, it was a huge week for you. I mean, getting that 108, that extra point over Matt would have been nice to have, I'm sure, when you saw that Tom Brady touchdown. That hurt a little I, bit. On I Monday hated night. that. Tom goes down like 80 or 70 yards and I'm just like, stop it, dude. And then he gets called back <laughs> at like the 10 yard line. They call flag on that touchdown, that first attempt. I was like, yes, yes, this is perfect. And then he just fucking throws it like two plays later. And I was like, that's so stupid. That is just one more point that I could have had <laughs> the table just to put myself away from on good. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, you're right. Son. You were part of that as well, but. Well, I mean, yeah, so man, I feel t- like I was the one that took more. Well, I guess you're fighting for not going to Waffle House, but yeah, a little disappointing. I could have been, uh, I could have had at least a little bit of an edge over Matt going into this week. Yeah, you definitely could have scored over Dylan too if you just had like a normal week of like 120. So I think you could have had two or three points over Matt. But and yeah. Dak Prescott, I mean, he had 16.8, but his team put up 54 points against the Colts. I, I thought for sure that Dak was going to just – the next morning when I checked, it was just going to be like 30 or something ridiculous, and that just didn't happen wrong good. So, Yeah. He's just getting unlucky in every way, I think, in, yeah. in the, end, the end of the season. I mean, the injuries, the horrible performances. I mean, I remember at the trade deadline, he specifically said, I'm going to keep Joe Mixon and Alvin Kamara because I want to avoid Waffle House. And who would have known those would have been like the two players most responsible, I think, for the downfall. If he would have just traded them for some kind of serviceable player, he would have been okay. But yeah. Well, other news on this week, not looking at the bottom, you know, Sloan mentioned it a little bit. We had a big turn of events with him gaining a few points over Matt, which was huge, tying it up 81 to 81 table points heading into the last week of the season. I'm going to say it. Sloan gets very lucky that Lamar Jackson goes out of the game early with a knee injury. That's probably an additional, <laughs> you know, two, maybe three table points for Matt. If, if Lamar Jackson stays in the game, um, Sloan, I know you're driving right now, but I'd love to get your thoughts, how you felt about last week's performance and how you're feeling about, you know, being on the edge of the playoffs right now. I know you've gotten a ton of shit for the Devonte Adams trade, rightfully. So how are you feeling uh, heading into the last week? <laughs> Well, looking at uh, Matt's performance this past week, it was nice seeing Lamar Jackson go out early. Uh, also, Kenneth Walker the third also injured as well. And I wish I would have scored a little more. And like I posted in the group, me Devonte Adams is pretty good. But at the end of the day, my goal when I traded away Devonte Adams was to make the playoffs and to have that 
first uh, round pick that Brian gave me because I don't think anybody is beating you, Josh. Maybe Dylan could, but I don't think me or Tommy or Matt could put up with, with you and Dylan. So I just wanted to make the playoffs, get a little bit of money, a little bit of a payout from that, and also have a first-round pick going into next year and maybe make some moves in the offseason. Uh, going into this next week, I'm really happy it's a head-to-head matchup with Matt. I think that's fun. Um, and with how injured his roster is, it makes me feel pretty good. But I also recognize that my roster just in general isn't that great. Uh, and I have a lot of bad matchups as well. Matt also has a lot of bad matchups, um, but I think the only non-red or orange matchups that I have <laughs> are uh, my uh, two quarterbacks, and they're playing each other this week. So I don't know if that's a good thing, could be a bad thing, but I'm looking forward to it. And if Matt makes the playoffs over me, he deserved it. He had a good team this season. It's a bummer that he got hurt uh, with Lamar Jackson and Kenneth Walker this late in the season, but that's how fantasy goes. Yeah. It is. I mean, unlucky, lucky, I don't know. It, it balances itself out over the year, I think, for Matt's team. But, yeah, I think the head-to-head matchup will be really fun to see this coming week. And I think it's really been interesting to me to look at, you know, I think we all love the table format. But I think it's also interesting to see that even with the table format, if we would have done table format, total fantasy points – you know, any of those three options over the course of the year, the standings would be very similar to what they are now. I mean, that's a little surprising. Austin has definitely benefited from the table over a total fantasy point view. But I think it's interesting to see how, you know, things kind of work themselves out the same way, regardless of the format. Like there can be anomalies, of course, but I feel like it's it's just nice to have the table. I think it takes a lot of that frustration about the idea of head-to-head matchups out of the game. But I think this this head-to-head matchup this week will be super fun. Hopefully you don't end in an exact tie uh, somehow with overall points or something, the way that it works. I know Mike was a little worried about that, but I think it'll be a good one. There's no way – there's absolutely no way that a situation like that happens. Like, the fact that we were even talking about it in the group, I think it's hilarious. It was funny because Mike texted me and was like, hey, dude, we need to figure this out. Like, this is that we need to bring this up in the rules call. Like, it's going to be – a problem and i was like okay yes it is so unlikely but if it happened sloan how annoying do you think on a one to ten scale you would be about trying to figure out the rule to resolve it i i thought about this i really did and i think at that point i would just do whatever the league says because if that happens (laughs) to me i deserve to you know get punished for it or something like that there's no way in hell that happened with scoring going down to hundreds, there's mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. Yeah, especially over the course of a season two. Like, I can't even imagine that over 13, 14 weeks, you would put up the exact same number of fantasy points. But, I mean, you know, there are teams within four or five points of each other. I mean, right now, Tommy and Sloan are within 1.06 fantasy points of each other for total scoring for the season. That's pretty crazy how close it actually is. Yeah. Wild. All right. Well, you know, we've covered it a lot on the line this last week. Matt sent out the probabilities talking about what we need to go over. I don't think we need to go over that in any detail. Everyone's going to be aware of what the situation is like going into this last week, and we'll be watching it very closely. So 
I think it'll be a fun last week of fantasy, but I think we should talk while Austin is on the line, talk a little bit about his team. Quite active this year, Austin. I think you've made three or four trades this year. Four trades. Four trades this year, I think. The the one for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Diggs trade, Cooper trade, Singletary. Those are the four that come to mind. Am I missing any? Diggs, Singletary, Wilson. Yeah. Uh, five. Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. We forgot about <laughs> Also, was that uh, you guys completed that trade at Tommy's birthday party? Was that right? I had set that trade a day earlier, and Tommy just happened to accept it while he was at your house celebrating the whole birthday thing. I said, why did you just accept that now? Why didn't you just, like, do it earlier when we were texting? He's just like, I don't know. (laughs) I I honestly, I, I swear he does not look at the app at all. So. He said he does on Sunday, so maybe that's a good time to message him when you want to find out. But, Austin, I think the broader point, you've been a lot more active this year compared to last. You know, some trades have worked out. The Clyde Edwards-Alaire trade is maybe the worst trade of the season. It's up mm-hmm. there. I would How argue are... the other one that I had with Zach Wilson was worse. It's worse? So. Okay. It's close. Yeah. They're, they're both bad. But the Diggs trade, I think you, you win. that's a win for you for sure. Yeah. I think the Singletary trade, you know, kind of a wash, not much going on there. I think more generally, how did you approach this season? How have you felt, you know, kind of maybe not tanking? The quarterback situation has been rough for you, obviously. How have you felt more broadly about this year? Yeah, um, I guess to start when Jonathan Taylor got hurt towards the beginning of the season, uh, he was sort of my guy that really just carried me into the playoffs in the first, um, you know, first place last season. So I had to uh, I had to make some sort of move to either push for the playoffs early on or just realize that the season's a wash and let's try to get some good picks for next season. Um, and so I, I don't know how many weeks he was out, maybe five or six. Since I didn't have him, my team did not perform that well. Like it just without Jonathan Taylor, he was like he literally had some crazy weeks last year that just put me on top every time. And so. Yeah, I started trading away some guys, but I didn't want to get rid of like my good younger core. So I first made that trade away from Rashad Penny after he got hurt for Edward Hilaire and two thirds. I, you know, packaged Penny with a, a 2025 first. So Josh seems to think that that first was a huge deal. I mean, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about it? What was I, going I through your head at that time? You just too I mean, far away. I, so, so funny thing, I was in Hawaii at the time. I was where you are. Um, I was on my last day of the trip, and I was just sort of just going back and forth with Mike, thinking that I had to get rid of Penny somehow, and I knew he would take him off my hands. Like, I did, I did not want to put Penny on my IR and look at Jonathan Taylor on my IR and just watch my team slowly get four or five points each week and just not, you know, perform. I don't want to be in the middle of the pack. I just don't want that to happen, so. Oh, Sloan dropped off. That's funny. So Clyde so, was your Clyde was your like hope to be like, maybe he continues getting three touchdowns a game and I make the playoffs. So Clyde, yeah, that that's one thing. Clyde had really good weeks to start. 20, 13, 12, 21. Those were his four weeks. So look at that snap percentage. Only one week with a snap percentage of above 50%. The snap percentage had- was bad, but I knew he was a red zone beast. So I just thought if we just <laughs> Every now and then we score and get like 10 to 
12 points, I'm okay with that. Like, I just, I just need like a flex guy that can put me into some better table points, but it never happened. As you can tell, he's gotten replaced by fucking Pacheco and, uh, he's on IR now, just like, (laughs) and he's even the third option. That second, who's that other dude, Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. So McKinnon's even looking at the ball more than him. Like, it's just, it really, yeah, that was a bad trade overall. It was so. horrible oh, timing. It was a and horrible timing trade. The other thing, I just, from co- his college days, he was on like the best college team, LSU football, right? So I just thought, CEH, he has, he's got that fucking dog, baby. Like, he's got to be good. <laughs> like, he was on a good fucking team. He's on a good team now. Surely yeah. there's a reason, you know, he's been all right so far. Not Not great. He hasn't really done that great for the Chiefs, but I just thought he was better than what he is. So he got replaced by a, what it, what was Pacheco? A six round pick? He was so, late. Yeah, very late. Yeah, yeah might have been six. <sighs> Whatever. Yeah. You know, it's and and that's and honestly, you've been fucked by the timing twice. The Zach Wilson was an equal level of fucking with that you traded for him at the absolute worst possible time you could have. I you think know. that was the worst trade. I think that was worse <laughs> than Clyde Edwards. I'm I'm not kidding. I was so fucking pissed when I saw. I, I think – I do think if Zach Wilson – if he would have just taken accountability after that Patriots game I think so. and just said, yeah, guys, it is my fault that we only had 80 yards of offense. Like maybe maybe I should just work on me and, <laughs> you know, my defense keeps doing what they do. But no, he's he's up there just like no accountability. No shit, dude. You're getting benched for that. Shut the fuck up, Zach. So he doesn't even put – he's not even in pads now. He's not even the second string. It's so fucking bad. The guy's – I mean, I don't know what happens. I don't even know how this works. He's the second-round pick. I guess he just stays on the roster next year because they wouldn't drop the guy, right? Yeah, so for sure. They have to pay him a decent amount of money for where he was picked. I don't know. I feel really bad about the trade. Amari Cooper was so fucking good this year, and he's just – he's done so well. So Deshaun Watson's there now, and he should be throwing him the ball a lot more. Yeah. That was a bad trade. So You know – at the time that it went through, I don't think it was that bad. You know, like, that's the thing. I think even with both of these trades, the Clyde edwards alaire was a bit questionable, in my opinion, at the time. You know, but this Zach Wilson trade, I was like, it makes sense for you. I thought it made a lot of sense. You were going to be down a quarterback. Like, yep. Amari Cooper was a bit older. You're trying to move to a bit younger. You know, you get a – there's a pick swap in there. I don't know if that benefited you or hurt you at all, but – It hurt me. It yeah. hurt you. Okay. But, you know, I don't I don't think it was horrendous. I don't think anyone could have known Zach Wilson was going to fly off the rails and take no accountability after just being absolute dog shit. He is, you know, I don't he's not been ever that good, but I understand wanting to buy him. Right. Great, great draft capital. You know, like you think a rookie second overall pick is going to start for three years or at least the entirety of the rookie contract. They'll give him the chance to play if Daniel Jones can play. For his whole rookie contract, you would think Zach Wilson would be able to Zach, as well. He's, I think he started 20 games. And I I know that's not much for a rookie quarterback. And you're right. I thought tra- just swapping picks and getting rid of an old receiver for a starting quarterback in this league, I just thought that was so valuable at the time. I thought I was really getting – and, you know, like you said, Tannehill was out for two or three weeks with a ankle. And so I needed a quarterback or I was going to be pretty much last place every time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but I did the math just before this call. I think he really only earned me one table point overall. If if I had just not started QB, I don't think it would have affected that much at all. So 
I mean, it just seemed like a good longevity trade, right? Like a good trade for the future of your team. You know, you would have an early pick likely in the draft and you'd have three starting quarterbacks you would feel good about, maybe even four after you took, you know, one or two. It's looking like your pick is likely going to be in the first three picks, which right now seems very likely it'll be one of CJ Stroud, uh, Bijan. Bijan probably goes first overall um, or Bryce Young. Are you feeling like, you know, it's very far off still. Are you feeling like QB is the must-have in this draft for your first pick? Um, well, I think since right now, if I think on good's going to be last place, you're going to have first-round pick, right? Yeah. You have his pick? And I will so take So I think you'll take Bijan. Yeah, right. I will take So Bijan. in my mind, I wasn't too worried about that. I, I am worried if it would be – I think it would be Mike next – I don't want him to take QB before me, but I know he already has QBs, so I don't think Mike would take a QB. So I'm really not worried. Gibbs. Yeah, I think you take Gibbs. Yeah. So I think you guys take the two running backs, and I'll have to take a QB. Yeah, I don't know which one that is, Stroud or um, Young. I'm not sure yet. So It's actually kind of best-case scenario for you that the two teams picking ahead of you are not really QB needy. It gives you some yep. good flexibility. I mean, it just makes – I just – I can avoid Waffle House, and I also don't really care about the running backs either. Like, I'm not worried about the running back situation. Yeah. At this point, I will be in the future, but not right now. No, your running backs are, you know, pretty good. I Who knows what Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be like next week. But Damian Harris, I you know, you got to hope it's better th- next year. The injuries can't continue to be this bad. But, right. Um, you know, I think the one trade we haven't touched on that I think was a wonderful trade for you and me. I think hopefully we'll pay good dividends for us both. But I think for you, hard to even think of it as a loss was the Diggs trade. You know, we had been talking about Diggs for a long time. I think you got great value for Diggs. How did you feel about that one? How are you feeling about that one now? I think that's the last big one that you did this year. I think that was probably my best trade. Um, Metcalf, he's super young. He's, 20, he's yeah. 24, right? Yeah, he's the best on his team. It's just, um, I guess, hoping that the quarterback continues to play like he is right now. The guy's got – he's had a crazy year, and there's no way he keeps it up, right? So, but but Josh Allen, on the like other hand – going to suck, yeah. Josh, Josh Allen is so good, and I think Diggs could play for three or four more years with this guy, the best QB in the league, right? Or is it yeah. Mahomes? It's up it's, to you to decide. No, but, yeah. I, I – you know, so, I think you're – you're just kind of betting at this point, right? Like you're like, do you think if Diggs gets a big year long injury, that's a huge hit to his value, right? Like if, if you keep yeah. Diggs and he gets injured next year in his 30 year old year, like you're not going to be able to trade him for much. And you're hoping he comes back at 31. Great. If Metcalf gets a year long injury next year, it's a hit to his value, but you know, he comes back at 26, like, you know, that's not much there. So I think from an odds perspective, that was exactly the way to go getting Metcalf, getting another first, you know, you also, in my opinion, had the best pick of the 2022 draft taking Alave. I know you're like wishing you would have had Ken Walker or Brees Hall. You seem yeah. to be a bit out on your first round guy. Like, are you still in on Alave right now? Or are you kind of riding it doesn't, this week? It seems like the saints just are, just have no idea like how to what quarterback they want. And I'm just, I'm always worried about quarterback play when I pick receivers. That's like one of the things I worry about. As you can tell what I was talking about with the trade there. 
So I, I just don't know if when Michael Thomas comes back, if Olave just becomes the second guy and he's getting fucking Jameis Winston to throw him the ball and it's just like pitiful, pitiful like targets and just pitiful QB play and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You can never count on Michael Thomas. Feels like he's always injured. <laughs> so, I, as an owner of him, it's a horrible, yeah. horrible experience. But I think overall, you've had a pretty successful first two years in the league at this point. I mean, we're kind of doing a two-year in review almost with your team. Having mm-hmm. made the playoffs last year, you have a lot of picks going into next year's draft, which is going to be a great one. You know, I think, in my opinion, you're not in bad shape. I mean, you're not at the top. It's a road to get back to competing, but not far away. So I think that's a pretty big win. Yep. I think the starters are in good spots, but my bench is just – it's not even like – it's just – a a roster full of waiver wire just picks. So it's kind of hard to to imagine I have to like take this next draft seriously or if I don't, like I'm back in the same spot where I was last year and I need the QB. I need this one QB pick to like really work out if I want to uh you know be contending at all in the next like two to three years. So yeah. I mean, you added three players off of waivers this week to your team. That is really a testament. <laughs> I have four players on buy or something like that that would start. So it's just I have to pick up players right now <laughs> to, to see what they could do compared to, you know, the shit. And, you know, I have players that are hurt right now, like Jacoby Myers and Rondell Moore are both questionable. Saquon's not questionable, which really has me worried. So <laughs> I yeah. just I, – I know I'm probably last place this week, but I'm trying my best to get, like, at least two table points instead of one. So it'll be huge because I think it's pretty clearly, in my opinion, this week it's going to be me. It's going to be Dylan. It's going to be Sloan, the top three. And I think after that, it's pretty much wide open, honestly, for where everybody's at. The next highest score projection wise is 122 with Colin. So, you know, at that point, like, Things can get pretty wild. So I think it'll be important. I know Rondale didn't practice today or yesterday, which is not a great sign. Nope. But, uh, you know, staying hopeful. Austin, any other thing, you know, this, like I said, this is your first appearance. Any other things you want to talk about for your team? How you're feeling? Have you even thought about Waffle House at all at this point? Or any other thoughts you have? I know I kind of took it in my own direction, but any other thoughts you have on your team? It's all good. Um, I think... I think three weeks ago I was thinking about Waffle House, but I think now just with how I've just overperformed slightly better than on good, I just am not, I'm not worried about it as much. I know it's still very conceivable that I could see myself in Avon just eating 12, 13 waffles. So I don't know. I, I just – you would be so miserable. I, I would even... be so miserable. Like, be... yeah, I know someone was, Tommy was asking, like, when he was on the pod a few weeks ago, if I would do it. I'm like, of course I would do it. Tommy, you're the one, like, when we had that first year of our <laughs> fantasy that did not do the punishment. He didn't go to the WNBA game, and he got no, last he place. He did, so, that's true. And that's a much easier punishment than fucking Waffle House for 24 hours. So Yeah, realizing in retrospect that was quite a sexist punishment, I'm glad we moved on to a more... <laughs> Uh, gender neutral punishment at this point in time um but yeah it's uh on good with sex to me his plan is to eat 14 waffles which 
just the thought of that makes me want to throw up. I think, I think after five, I would feel like garbage. Like, so I can't imagine putting nine more down after going. Agreed. I think five, five is my limit too. I would literally, (laughs) I'd have to take two or three hours off just sitting there, just like in misery. I did like Sloan or somebody to like come by and just visit me and just talk to him for 30 minutes to an hour just to get over it. I'm, I'm so scared of Waffle House, but at the same time, like, yeah, I guess I would get first pick. And if I did get first pick, I would think about getting Bijan over a quarterback at that point. So, you know, I think for you, you could, if you got first pick, which is in play, you could trade it to Mike and get some good stuff and then still take your QB. It would be hard to give up on Bijan, but Bijan has also said he doesn't even know if he's going to go pro this year. Like he said, there's oh, really? a chance he might stay at Texas just because he makes so much money playing in college. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't realize. I thought he had already declared. So Yeah, he hasn't declared and yet. I, so and this is the week to declare yeah. right now, right? Uh, I I don't think you have to declare now. I think it's just if you're in like a bowl game or something, this is when they typically declare. Yeah, because so, I saw Will Levis declare today. So I figured most players were – sort of announcing at this point yeah anthony richardson i, I saw jsn had declared yeah. too yeah i mean i don't know the the good news is i think this year more than any other year I, not you know not any other year but most years if Bijan does go pro this would be the year it would be most worth it to have the first overall pick he is like a legendary prospect at running back unfortunately for on good one he doesn't have his own pick and he also, I can't imagine how punishing it will be to do the Waffle House Challenge in a city by yourself. That's why I'm afraid of it, too. I mean, it would be so nice to have people come and visit, whatever. But to just mm-hmm. be there knowing you're the only one that's there, like, I'm yeah, going to I'll, I'll call him and talk to him about it. But, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well great. Mm-hmm. I think we've covered a lot, Austin. Any other things you have you want to talk about while you're on the pod? This is your chance. I guess – just looking towards the future and the off season stuff. Um, I'd love to, I guess, just maybe sit down with like you, maybe Matt, maybe Brian, maybe even Mike and talk about some of like the big blockbuster trades that have happened in our league so far. Yeah. And just sort of give them our own grade and like, who are the winners, who are the losers? Cause I think there's some big trades out there that just, we haven't recognized enough. And I think, you've just bent some people over the barrel and fucked them, Josh. I think you've done a really good, I think you've done a great job of just like fucking some teams up with trades. So, and I think I'm thrown into that, that category too, on some of the trades, not by you, by, by other players, teams. So I just want to, I just, I just think I want to point out just like how dangerous trading is in dynasty sometimes. And one trade can really just throw your team from going into playoffs one year to now, being literally at the risk of Waffle House the next. so It is a a bit of a testament that two of the teams basically locked into the playoffs at this point just don't do any any trading. I mean, they you have to trade, though. I I don't want it to see that, that, like, your team, you just, I mean, you got unlucky with the timing of the trades, but they're just moves you have to make or else things will go wrong. What happens is you then have to guess what is the right time, what is the right person, like, what do I do this trade with? And, you know, that changes week to week, but I'd love to sit down and do that, you know, cause it's been two years now of data that we have of, and I bet we've had nearly a hundred trades at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if the yeah. number was close to that because 
it's probably been a, lot. a lot of activity. Yeah. yeah well, I sure. think you, you, what you were saying, Tommy and Dylan had insane drafts. Like they yeah. just picked really young players, and some of the dudes, like the rookies that they picked, are just fucking awesome. So yeah, I think they're fine right now. I mean, maybe Tommy's bench isn't like looking so hot, but it doesn't matter. His starters are fucking badass, and that's really all you need <laughs> to worry about for most weeks. So yeah. very true. Okay. Well, great. Well, Austin, thank you for coming on. It has been a pleasure to have you on this podcast. We look forward to doing it again soon. Mm -hmm. Appreciate it. See you later. Bye. See ya.